Today's episode is brought to you by Weaver Leather. and welcome back to the ride podcast this is Michaela and this is Nicole and this episode of the ride we have guest Kathy Woods joining us and you might be familiar with Kathy's name if you've received the spring issue of horse and rider as she was our expert for the confident rider department for that issue She's also worked with our sister publication, Equus, a few times, but her main focus is on yoga and meditation and how that can help us as equestrians. Yeah, I think um, you and I have definitely uh, expressed our love for fitness within the horse community um, and how important it is to, to do that kind of stuff before you get in the saddle. Um, and the yoga and meditation is no different. I think it's really important that your body is warmed up um, with some of those yoga stretches and uh, the, you know, her thoughts on meditation really help clear your mind before you get in the saddle. Because I know I'm definitely guilty of like kind of bringing my day with me whenever I get in the saddle. And that can be when it's a good day or it could be when I've had a really rough day and things haven't been going the way that they should. So I think this this whole idea of meditation with with the horses and and just you know being in tune with yourself before you get in the saddle is huge. Yeah, I know. I'm so into meditation. I meditate every morning, and I do it simply because of the fact that it helps me when I'm going into competition or just riding my horse, and I want to have a clear mind. If something's bothering me, I can just kind of stop and meditate a little bit. And the fun thing about this episode is the fact that Kathy does a little sample meditation. So for those of you who aren't that big into meditation, you can get a little taste of what it's like. And then going into current events, we have quite a few things to cover. Uh, The Arabian and Half Arabian uh, Association has come out with a ranch horse championship, which I think is huge because as we've talked about hundreds of times on this podcast, uh, the ranch riding and the ranch trail and anything kind of associated with that ranch horse versatility is huge right now. So I think it's it's really cool that the Arabian Association is um, doing that to kind of create uh, a championship show just for those ranch horses. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's awesome because we think about ranch horses and we think about quarter horses, paint horses, those types of things. So extending that to the Arabians and the other breeds of horses I think that that's just amazing and shows how versatile these horses really are. Another fun thing that I would like to mention is the fact that ManaPro is extending its 4-H partnership to create opportunities for young people in America, and they're calling it the Call All Champions campaign. And it's launching the hashtag Calling All Champions photo contest paired with some giveaways. So you enter the contest um, through March and May, And this helps grow and develop the 4-H community. And what this does for the 4-H kids, it just helps them to develop in leadership. I know that I was a 4-H kid, and I really appreciate the 
opportunities that that gave me throughout my career, not only in horses, but in life. Yeah. Um, and the photo contest is actually a weekly photo contest that starts March the 1st through May 31st. So you have several chances to, to win a weekly prize. So be sure to check it out if it is something that you're interested in. Like Michaela said, you know, I didn't grow up with 4-H. I'm from a city that does not have that. And uh, my focus has always mostly been on horse showing. But I have a lot of friends who did the 4-H. And it was, like you said, it was a huge factor in how they be, like grew up. And, you know, not even just the horses. It just helped create a really well-rounded individual. So. Absolutely. And then another thing, we've mentioned this a few times, is the fact that we want you guys to go and take that AHP survey for us. Um, you can access that on our website or in our show notes. Um, so that survey is really important to us. So that way we can better gauge what's provided you guys as our audience. Yeah. And this survey, uh, it, it goes through the end of the month. We're already halfway through the month. So if you haven't already taken it, please take a few minutes out of your time to kind of give us an idea of the information that you're looking for as a horse owner and somebody within the horse community. Another thing that, you know, I wanted to quickly touch on because I know we talk a little bit about Yellowstone and the last cowboy um, on, on our podcast when they are being televised is that there's actually going to be two more shows in creation that kind of revolve around that same, uh, world and Taylor Sheridan who is a friend of the horse you know performance horse associations uh he shows in the cutting he shows in the cow horse he has rainers he's been a really big part of kind of bringing our um events to the mass public um so anyway he's already had Yellowstone and the Last Cowboy and they are working on um, a prequel to Yellowstone called 1883. So you'll have that to look forward to if you guys are fans of the Yellowstone uh, TV series. But then there's also another TV show in the works that features the iconic Four Sixes Ranch. I don't know much more about it. I just know that it's going to premiere on Paramount and Taylor Sheridan is behind the wheel as he is for those other shows that we mentioned. So uh, if you're a fan of the Four Sixes, you know, ranch, some of their stallions, what they've done in the industry, uh, I, I think it's going to be really cool to, to see. Yeah, no, I'm very excited for all of this. I mean, I think Paramount is now the Taylor Sheridan Network because Taylor Sheridan is doing so much there. And I just appreciate all that he does for the horse community because having somebody like that on our side to showcase more than just the rodeo type events and things that happen within the industry, I think is very important for us to be able to grow. On that note, let's jump into this interview. I think you guys are going to love it. Just as you and your equine athlete continually strive for the best, the Synergy by Weaver team works tirelessly to design high-performing gear to support your partnership. You can be confident that the Synergy by Weaver line of products is crafted from the finest materials working together in synergy with the latest technology and innovation. You'll have peace of mind knowing your Synergy by Weaver product is backed by a 90-day test ride guarantee. 
Visit your local Weaver Leather dealer to view the Synergy by Weaver Leather line today or visit www.ridethebrand.com backslash synergy. everyone and welcome back to the rides podcast this episode we have guest kathy woods with us and you might have seen her in the spring issue of horse and rider she was our expert for the confident rider department she has also worked with some of our sister publications as well so kathy works a lot with yoga and riders and meditation and all sorts of stuff like that so kathy thank you so much for joining us today Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so let's just dive right into this and kind of get to know you and your horse background. Okay, excellent. Well, I'd like to also share a little bit about my yoga background since the two tied together. Um, so I started out uh, as a yoga teacher 30 years ago. So I've been doing what I do for a very long time. And I always say it's a good job to have because it never feels like a job. It really is a practice that I use in so many aspects of my own life, not just on the yoga mat. And that same, the same principles um, that I use on the mat, also I started applying to my horsemanship. So yoga practice about 30 years, and I guess I've owned horses now for about 20 years. And about 12 years ago, I merged those two passions of yoga and horsemanship uh, because again, I was noticing a lot of what I was doing in my yoga practice, I was organically applying to my horsemanship. And I don't just mean the postures, I mean um, things like energy awareness, breathing awareness, body alignment. Um, so that's kind of when the birth of my body mind equine program um, began. And as far as my riding background, I am truly uh, what I would call a self-taught rider. I mean, I've certainly taken clinics and things here and there, but um, mostly a self-taught trail rider. I'm an avid trail rider here in the Great Smoky Mountains. I've been riding in these mountains for about 20 years, uh, actually a little longer than that. And it's a trail rider's paradise, but it's also an amazing classroom because the trails are very technical and um we never know what we're going to encounter on a trail. So it has been one of my best teachers, um, that and, and you know, learning from others and, um, and just hours in the saddle. So I'm not an eventer. I'm not a horse trainer. I'm not a riding instructor. What I like to say is I teach a more aware and conscious approach to horsemanship, um, helping people to become more mindful equestrians from ground to saddle. So you mentioned your business, Body, Mind, Equine, and touch on it a little bit, but can you go into that a little bit more and explain exactly what that is and, you know, how that can help riders? Yes, I, I'd love to. So the book that I've published this year is called Yoga for Riders, and that is based around my Body, Mind, Equine program. So um, a body, mind, equine program could be a one-day clinic. It could be a workshop. It could be a several-day retreat. In fact, I have a several-day women's retreat coming up in Colorado in May at a, a ranch called Sea Lazy U. So I travel around the country, and I offer these clinics, workshops, and retreats at different ranches, resorts, equestrian center for different equine groups. Um, as well as um, many of the expos. 
And um, Body Mind Equine is basically a way to apply yoga to horsemanship from ground to saddle. And again, I want to just tap a little bit on yoga. So I'd like to talk a little bit about yoga and what true yoga is. So the westernized version of yoga has really become about the athletics, about the postures, the physical aspect of it. Um, but that is only one small portion of yoga. So that's what differentiates body, mind, equine from a lot of people that are out there doing, um, quote, yoga on horses. Um, I don't like to treat this as the flavor of the week, like goat yoga or beer yoga. Um, this is much richer and has more substance and definite application to um, proper horsemanship. So there's the, what I call external practice of yoga, which are the postures and the, the physical part of it. But then there's the internal aspect of yoga, the mindfulness, the energy awareness, the breathing awareness. And that's what we can really bring to our horsemanship. So Body Mind Equine teaches not just the postures that are helpful to equestrians, but also the principles that are helpful to equestrians. And those principles can apply from ground to saddle. They can be used before and during events or trail rides or just even being around the barn with our horses. Um, and I'll be happy to give some examples of, of what that can look like. Yeah, we'd love to, to go into some of those examples uh, here in a little bit. Uh, I was more curious right now, um, how, where was the kind of aha moment where you could you kind of realize like I can tie in my yoga practices with my riding and kind of help develop an even more confident rider physically and mentally. Exactly. Yeah, there were definitely some aha moments and that kind of ties into to how, how it applies. So I was noticing things like what energy and headspace I was in when I went down to my barn simply to do horse chores or grooming or tacking up or loading in the trailer. Um, I was noticing the energy that I went down to the barn with had a direct impact to how the horses acted, how they responded, and what my overall experience was uh, with them for, for that particular day. So if I went down to the barn and I was rushed or I was upset about something or angry or feeling frustrated, I was more task-oriented with the horses. I wasn't as mindful. I wasn't as deliberate. Um, I was maybe even acting on autopilot. So there were those aha moments that I was seeing, wow, how what energy space and headspace I encounter my horses with is what's really mirrored back to me. So that was aha moment um, just here uh, at my own um, barn. Other moments were being on the trail, for example, and getting in kind of tricky or technical spots. I remember being on a, a really tiny ridge trail. I I want to say it seemed like six inches wide. I'm sure it was wider, but there were drop-offs on both sides. And I got up there and I, I just felt fear and I held my breath and horses were kind of slipping a little bit. It was really a precarious situation. And I realized that I held my breath, I think, for that whole three miles. And that was not helpful. Had I breathed through that, I wouldn't have used as much energy. I wouldn't have been as tense. My horse wouldn't have fed off of that tense energy or intense energy. And then other times, just the physicality, I would be on a trail ride and notice, gee, my shoulders are getting tense and they're feeling kind of up around my ears. And let me consciously, like I would do on a yoga mat, let me consciously roll them up and back and down and just kind of relax the shoulders. Or I was gripping too tight with my hands or my legs. So 
that body awareness we would have on the yoga mat translates to more body awareness and energy awareness and breathing awareness um, in the saddle. So those were just some aha moments. Um, and a lot of self-correcting too, you know, just noticing, gee, my weight isn't symmetrical in each stirrup. I'm not sitting on my sits bones. Um, you know, just, just kind of subtle shift, what I call micro movements and micro shifts that a yogi begins to automatically make because they are becoming more um, body and energy and mind aware on the mat. I love that you bring up the trail riding aspect because we've, we've talked with people in the past, not necessarily about the yoga, but the more mental aspects of horse showing and, you know, not getting in your head and relaxing and not kind of giving that nervous energy to your horse. But I always feel like we, we forget that in trail riding, it's not just this like, fun, relaxing, I don't have to pay attention to what I'm doing kind of thing. It's just as important that you focus on your breathing and you make sure your shoulders aren't tense because it, you don't want that nervous energy regardless of if you're in the show pen or if you're just going on a trail ride. Exactly. And we can obviously transmit to our horses. We can restrict their movement. And that applies again to the show ring and the trail. We can restrict their movement if our physical bodies are more tense or if we're not breathing. Um, they certainly can feel that and are aware of that as they're highly aware and in tune beings. So, um, yeah, I mean, what what I teach really translates to any discipline of rider. That was my goal when I was application of how to use some of these principles, whether you're a dressage rider, you're in the show ring, you're a trail rider, um, or just not even a, you know, a rider at all, but maybe just a, a horse owner and you know, a hobby horseman, um, just interacting with our horses in our own um, environment. Yeah, I know that this topic really struck me probably about a year ago, you know, the idea of meditation and yoga and horses and how being self-aware impacts my horses so much because I was just getting at a higher level of competition with my horse and the higher level I got, the more stressed I would get or anxious and worried I would get. And the more I realized I need to become more aware of myself because I am not helping my horse in any of these situations. Exactly. And if we're really a true partnership with our horse, um, you know, our, our energies we uh, are, are definitely affecting our horses. This also translates to life. I mean, our energy doesn't just affect our horses, it affects everybody. So this applies, you know, to yoga on the mat, um, time with our horses, but to daily life, like what energy are we bringing to life, to encounters with other people, to our business ventures, to our personal relationships? Are we bringing centered, grounded energy? Are we bringing fearful, nervous energy? Are we bringing sleepy, tired energy? So um, it, it really applies to, to so much more than just horsemanship. Um, I'd also like to tap on another topic. You know, we, as equestrians, we talk a lot in training about collection of the horse's body and mind. I like to think of yoga, yoga practice as collection of the human's body and mind. So we want our horses to be collected, but yet we don't practice collection with ourselves. And through meditation, through breath work, through um, learning to increase our focus and our overall awareness, um, that is personal groundwork and collection for us. So you've said you've done clinics and seminars and you travel all over the place helping riders and their horses. 
how did that kind of get started uh, where you started working with, you know, people with their horses and practicing this? I first had these awarenesses. I had a, a few small group of friends that I was kind of like-minded friends that I was sharing this sort of philosophy with. And a lot of my cowboy, cowgirl friends were like, oh, this is just silly. This is fluff. This just, this isn't going to fly. I don't really see the validity to it. So I wasn't getting support from everybody. So I had this small group of friends, mindful friends that kind of got what I was talking about. And, um, here in the Smoky Mountains where I live, I had access to, to an arena and I invited several of these friends. I said, hey, can I practice on you and bring your horses and let's see how this works as a group, not just me doing this with my horses, but let's let's see how it works um, with others. And that was kind of the birth of it. It was just really a few of us friends got together and they were um, willing to let me practice with them and their horses and they started seeing a difference. So then I started putting together small little one-day um, mini workshops, uh, clinics here in the Smoky Mountains, and then that evolved, and the um, the expo platforms got wind of what I was doing, so I've been involved with Equine Affair and Equitana, and I have those coming up as well in 2021, and then I love to travel and ride horses, so I started reaching out to ranches um, and, and pitched this program idea of a several day retreat uh, and, and several of them really liked it. So, so that's kind of how I got um, involved in doing programs and then different groups. There's a hunt club here in Tryon that is interested in having me out uh, once we get post COVID um, and several other barns and uh, equestrian groups. So private groups as well kind of seek me out to, to do this. Yeah, that's one thing I was going to ask is whether this is specific to people who already own horses or if people who don't own horses and just like the calming and the relaxation that horses can bring, if they can access this too. For sure. And as I said earlier, I created this program for everybody across the board. I'm a big advocate that yoga can be for everybody, regardless of your age, your physical shape, uh, condition, and I believe horsemanship can and should be accessible to a variety of people as well. I mean, horsemanship, uh, there's so many things that fall under that umbrella, and not everybody um, has to own horses or even ride horses. So, yeah, some of these programs I do are for equestrians that bring in their own horses, and then like the ranch um, experiences are more for um, people who just like being around horses, want to have that experience, but maybe they don't even own horses. So they come to a place that's all inclusive and that's provided. So, um, yeah, again, a pretty broad uh, demographic of, of horsemen and horsewomen, mostly horsewomen. Um, you know, I just find in yoga as a whole, it seems to be more women predominant practice, um, but we are seeing more men kind of trickle in. Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier that you have um, an event coming up at Sea Lazy U. I, I frequent in Sea Lazy U. I've been there to cover it for the magazine. I went to a Julie Goodnight event there. And what a great way to bring in a different um, demographic, I guess, you know, of people who may not have horses around their, you know, every day of their life like we do. You know, I'm I'm at the barn every day. I'm around horses every day. I'm talking about horses every day. Like it's my job. But um, you know, a lot of people don't get that kind of ability. So yeah, it's really cool that you're going to this guest ranch. And I think you've done it in the past too. I believe I've seen your your events happen there too. 
I have. This will be my fourth year. It would have been fifth, but we got canceled last year with uh, COVID stuff. But um, it's a yearly event at Sea Lazy. It's every May, and it really becomes kind of a women's empowerment retreat uh, because it's it's called Find Your Inner Cowgirl Through Body, Mind, Equine. And I really tap into like what is the cowgirl spirit and how do we harness that in our daily lives. Um, so that's a, a big part of that uh, retreat as well. And I do get people that do own their own horses that come to it. They just don't want to have to deal with trailering their own horse. They want to just come to a, an all-inclusive place and have their horse saddled up and be kind of wined and dined and um, still learn some of these principles that they can then take home and use and apply into their own horsemanship. Another thing that you had mentioned a little bit ago was the fact that women are predominantly your demographic. So have you noticed with more of the cowboy lifestyle that it's harder to get them to understand the concept of yoga and how it can really help them become a better rider? Yeah, good question. So again, as I said earlier, when I first pitched this idea to some of my hardcore cowgirl cowboy friends, the the response was kind of eh. Um, so it was a little bit of a hard sell at 12 years ago, but I will say because yoga has become so much more mainstream now and not some woo-woo kind of practice, um, it's more mainstream, it's more understood, people are embracing mindfulness more, so I'm finding this is really the perfect time to introduce body mind equine yoga for riders the mindful equestrian so even the um more what we would call traditional uh you know cowgirl cowboy um uh type are are really starting to embrace this more so i think it's a really really good time to to do this and you know natural horsemanship has been much more embraced and equine biomechanics has been much more embraced uh therapeutics uh the therapeutic uh, aspect of equine facilitated therapy so um i think as a whole the tone of horsemanship has changed from you know 20 something years ago when i i really started riding so in the confident rider uh, department that you and Michaela worked on for our spring issue, you talk about the importance of both mental and physical uh, preparation before you even ride, you know, doing a couple of yoga stretches and of course the meditation. Um, can you kind of break down the importance of doing, I, is it important to do both before you get on? Is it, is one over the other more important? What do you, what do you kind of recommend for somebody that's just, kind of venturing into this world. Right. Um, so the most simplest little practice that I'm going to to give that hopefully is a little takeaway today is the use of breath. I say, you know, breath, breath work, breathing awareness. It's a tool we have in our pocket all the time that we can pull out anywhere. We can be in a traffic jam. We can be, you know, online at the grocery store. We can be on our horse. So the breath is always there as a tool to use. So a little bit of breathing awareness is like hitting the reset button. I mean, it literally gives us a focal point. It calms and refines our nervous system, which again, our horses can feel. So I, the simplest exercise is anytime you're getting ready to encounter your horse, maybe you're getting ready to mount or you're getting ready to saddle, or you're even just going to be, you know, doing some in-hand work is to just stop for a moment and take a couple of deep mindful breaths. 
And another nice way to do this is to breathe with your horse. So to put your hand on your horse's chest or on their side or even near their nostrils and just take a few deep breaths with your horse, tune into their breathing, their breath rhythm. And this kind of sinks you both up and as well as calms you down. So that's just a simple little thing we can do um, before we encounter our horses is take two or three deep attentive breaths I also prescribe that for corporate groups. When I was teaching yoga for corporate groups, I would say every time your phone rings, before you pick it up, stop and take a deep breath. And that's going to change your energy and it's going to change the whole encounter that you have on the phone. So we can apply that to our horsemanship as well. Um, to answer more of your question, if you have time, sure, do a few stretches, loosen up your body um, so you're not feeling as restricted and tense and can have a more enjoyable ride and, again, not restrict your horse's movement. Um, as a trail rider, something I love to do, and I have pictures of this in my book, we'll take a little lunch break and dismount and tie our horses up to a high line and do a few stretches there on a break and that's powerful it doesn't have to be a whole yoga class it can just be tune in listen to your body okay my lower back's feeling a little tight maybe i do a few twists or my shoulders are feeling tight let me do the arms for eagle pose um so you can do those um you know while you're riding some of them you can even do while you're in the saddle and i have pictures in my book and instructions about how to do some of these stretches on horseback and that's another fun application is get a friend to hold your horse. I highly recommend that. Wear a helmet. And um, again, I'm not a big advocate of like just doing this for fun. So I'm not standing on the back of my horse. I'm not doing downward dogs. Any of the postures that I teach on horseback have true value to the equestrian of finding center, learning to move from center, body alignment, body awareness, and learning to focus more. That's what I was going to say is that it sounds like it would just be a fun thing to do, have a couple friends over and do that just safely. Because I remember talking previously that you had mentioned, you know, this is a very functional type of yoga. We aren't doing this to just see how broke our horses are and just do all sorts of silly poses, not silly poses, but, you know, a variety of poses that aren't safe for horseback. But yeah, just grab a friend and go do it and it's going to help you guys as a friendship it's going to help you guys become better horsemen overall so i really like that idea yeah yeah i i enjoy doing that and what i really enjoy is seeing the horse's reaction to it especially like for example i'll be at a retreat or a clinic and we'll have a whole lineup of horses in the middle of the arena and you know they might be kind of fidgeting around like hey what's my rider doing back there and kind of looking back to see what's going on and then by a few of the stretches into this it's amazing how the horse is relaxed you'll hear big sighs and you know eyes are closing and lips are twitching and relaxed so the horse is actually relax too once they start to feel our body and our energy kind of notch down a little bit. You know, I'd like to talk a little about energy too because there's a whole chapter in Yoga for Riders about energy because it's such an important topic. As I mentioned before, our energy affects everybody and everything we encounter. So in yoga, it's believed that everything is interconnected. We call life force energy prana. And that prana or life force energy flows through all living things from trees to animals to oceans to us. It, it's what makes us animated and alive. And that our energy is interconnected with the energy of, of everything, um, 
else that's 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 living. I like to think we're part of nature. And when we start looking as our, at ourselves more as a whole and more interconnected and more unified, not only does our horsemanship enrich, but our life enriches as well. So energy is a really important um, topic, I believe, uh, in horsemanship and daily life. Yeah, no, energy is a huge thing. Uh, you especially notice that kind of thing when, you know, I have a friend who does a lot of scanner lessons. And last night she had somebody who had never come out to the barn before um, ride. And, you know, that nervous energy of getting on a horse for the first time. I, I think that's a pretty common thing. Um, but it's so true because, you know, I'm watching this this horse who I, I know very well and and have ridden and, and she's so relaxed and calm, but you can tell that when somebody has that nervous energy or that tenseness, you know, it changes the way that, you know, a very calm horse that really doesn't do anything out of the ordinary is starting to get a little tense and just like, what do you want from me? Why are you so tight? Why are you death gripping the horn? Exactly. An exercise I do to illustrate that at my clinics is I will have several people lead the same horse and the other participants watch that exercise. And I know it sounds like super elementary to a really experienced equestrian of leading a horse. And those of us who do it every day, again, we can easily go on autopilot doing that. But it's so telling that when some people pick up that lead line, the horse is kind of dragging. Other people pick up that same lead line on the same horse and the horse is a little bit more peppy or more energetic. Um, and I, I like to believe, too, you know, we do transmit energy. So every time we pick up a lead line or a rein, we are transmitting energy to that horse. And, of course, just being in their energy field. Um, so it is very telling to how the horse responds to different people. And, you know, we can, as humans, we can change our energy really quite easily, if you think about it. A cup of coffee can change our energy. Um, a glass of wine can change our energy. An aspirin can change our energy. And also yogic tools like deep mindful breathing, pranayama, the yoga of breath. There are several breathing techniques that we do in yoga that actually do refine the nervous system. They balance right and left hemispheres of the brain. So we have the ability through diet, through breath work, through exercise, through mindfulness to actually change and shift our own energy. And I think that's a really empowering tool to remind ourselves that we do have the power to, to alter that energy to some degree. Yeah, you talk about, you know, incorporating all those things, including your diet and, and, you know, all of that. And I'm a huge supporter of that. I think that um, in order to be a better rider, you have to, to take care of your horse just like you take, you know, you take care of yourself just as you take care of your horse. You know, we put so much attention into getting our horses to relax or getting them to even just stretch and bend. I mean, I don't know how, you know, many circles I do when I get on a horse and I'm just bending their body around to get them to, you know, to just loosen up and, um, and then diet and all of that is the whole thing is so important when we're riding because it helps us become better riders. It's not just about the horse and us being up in the saddle. We have to put in the same kind of work we expect our horses to. Exactly. And that kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier about doing collection and groundwork for the human, you know, and it's not just for the horse and being our best selves, 
and becoming more skilled human beings in all life situations is really paramount um, to just keep growing in that way. And, and knowing that so many things affect our energy. Again, we've talked about diet and, and internal things, but um, you know, what activities have you done the day before? What kind of rest did you get? What have you eaten? What's going on in your life? Those are all things that affect our energy. And the more mindful we become of that energy and being able to self-correct and level the playing field when our energy feels a little bit out of whack, the better we're going to feel as individuals and then the better we're going to be as a partner or a leader uh, for our horses. So I believe in partnership and I believe in leadership, but I think for both of those, you kind of have to be your best self to be optimal. Yeah, I really think that goes for pretty much anything in life, you know, not just horses. Um, so we talked earlier about how we could possibly do like a little demonstration type sample of maybe some breath work or meditation or something that somebody can practice when they're at the barn. Could we be able to do that now? I would love to do that. So I'm going to invite the listeners to close their eyes. And without judging or changing anything, just check in with yourself. Begin by noticing if you are clenching your jaw even the slightest bit. And if so, consciously relax and release the jaw. The mouth is closed but not clenching. All of our body parts interconnect. So as we release the tension from the jaw, the face, the neck, the throat, the shoulders, the upper back, all begin to soften. And then taking a moment to take a little inner inventory of just checking in with your body, your mind, your energy, your emotions, and noticing if anything is calling your attention, where it is, what it feels like. And if you feel any specific tense areas in your body, take a moment to breathe energy, oxygen, and relaxation to those places. And now begin to deepen the breath to a slow, steady, full rhythm using your entire lung space. So feel the belly, ribs, and chest expand and contract with each breath. Let your mind rest on the breath. And when the mind wanders, not if it wanders, when it wanders, to a thought or a distraction, gently bring the mind back to the focal point of breath. Allow yourself to come down from thinking and doing and experience just being and just breathing for a few moments. And then come back to the breath. And repeat this affirmation silently to yourself and to the universe. I am healthy, well, and balanced, body, mind, and spirit. And so it is. Take another deep breath and slowly allow your eyes to open. And then just notice if you are feeling any differently than when you first started that experience. Notice what feels different, the body, the mind, the breath. And then thank yourself for taking a few moments 
to spend some quality inward time with yourself. So that could be just a tiny little practice we do, you know, in our day before we get our start our business day or before we encounter our horses. And it can literally take one minute, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you have time for. Um, but even a little bit goes a long way. I, I know for me, just doing that, just leading that, I feel a shift in my own energy that it is, has come down a bit. How about you all? Did you feel any shifts in doing that experience? Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that I just felt so relaxed, like just doing that. I felt my just energy. And especially when you were said, you know, unclench your jaw. I did not realize that my jaw was actually clenched that whole time. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, maybe I need to relax a little bit. Yeah, that was great. Um, thank you for, for sharing that with our, our listeners. I know that, um, it, you know, it's just a small taste of, of all the things that you can be doing for yourself mentally before you, you, like you said, before you even start your day. Yeah, yeah. And just a couple little takeaways, that exercise with the jaw, that's a practice I do throughout my day. I remind myself throughout the day, I say to myself, I release my jaw. And I do that while I'm working at the desk, when I'm in the saddle, when I'm exercising, because that's one of the first places we begin to clench and store tension. And by releasing that, we release so much of the upper body tension. Again, it's all interconnected. So that's a simple practice. You can put a little sticky note on your desk, on your fridge, release my jaw, release my jaw, and, and just get in the habit of doing that throughout the day. Um, so that's one very little simple practice we can do anywhere, anytime. The other, like I said, is taking a few moments before we um, start our horsemanship session to connect with the breathing. And another very sound simple exercise that we can do to increase our mental focus is simply close the eyes and count slowly from one to 10, solely focusing on the number. I think, um, uh, Michaela, you and I may have talked about this when we were doing the Confident Writer um, segment. Just counting from 1 to 10, staying focused on the number and noticing how far you get into that count before your mind drifts and wanders to a thought or a distraction. And the more you do that, the more you train the mind, a mental muscle, just like we train our other muscles when we exercise, we train the mind to focus on one-pointedness for longer and longer periods of time. So those are some little exercises and takeaways um, that that are really easy to put into practice right now. You don't have to come to a retreat or a class to learn that. And a couple of other points I'd like to make is the word yoga means unity. So it means to yoke or to unite the body, mind, and spirit. So keep that in mind as we become more united individually, um, we become more collected as a whole with humanity, our planet, and our horses. Thank you again for, for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Can you, before we kind of sign off, uh, is there anywhere that our listeners can find you on social media or your website to kind of learn more about you and your book? For sure. Yes. Thank you for that opportunity. So my book is called Yoga for Writers. It is published by Trafalgar Square Books. 
which is horseandriderbooks.com. So that's where Yoga for Riders can be purchased, um, horseandriderbooks.com. You can learn more about me on my website. It's kathywoodsyoga.com, and that's Kathy with a C, Woods with an S. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, Kathy Woods Yoga. I always appreciate follows and likes, and I do really try to post inspirational content on there that keeps us all plugged in especially during this time when lots of us are, you know, feeling secluded at home and um, dealing with stress and anxiety of living through a pandemic. So on social media, I really try to make that a helpful platform. I do have a YouTube channel, Kathy Woods Yoga, and within that channel, I have um, Yoga for Writers TV, where I will continually post um, videos of um, exercises and, and practices we can do um, with our horses. Thanks again to Weaver Leather for sponsoring today's episode. Thank you guys for tuning into the Ride Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and please be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Horse and Rider Magazine on social media and find us at horseandrider.com. If you guys have any questions or comments, please be sure to hit us up at horseandrider at aimmedia.com. We want to hear from you guys. And if you like what you're listening to, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. How many stars, Michaela? Five stars, please.